man, that was our theme song. <laughs> um, for those that don't know that theme song, do you know? Do you know what that theme song is, Colin? You're new. I'm still new. Yeah, I mean, you're only we're only eleven episodes in. I think. Oh, that's a good point. This is episode that's the, eleven. Uh, yeah, that's the network special podcast uh, th- official theme music. But I mean, do you know what it's from? I thought that was going to be good enough. Um, it's I've always thought it was from some sort of 80s special news report or or afternoon, you know, TV, like after school special or something like that. So, you know, our logo, right? The, yes. Love it. And you, do you recognize what that is referencing? A PBS program? No. <laughs> OK. <laughs> uh, yeah, like this just—it's evocative of that that '80s, that '70s, like the <laughs> the moving like title icon kind of. I mean, everything looked like that in the '80s, didn't it? That thing with like the trail—it's um, got like the did I just do acid on accident? Like trail of colors behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it is, it, but there, there's a very specific. It's CBS is the. Um, used that uh the a cbs special presentation and it would have that the word special would kind of glow like rub in like you're talking about with those trails yeah yeah. and then it would play that music um but the song is from like hawaii 50 or something oh see i always i always thought maybe you and uh uh zachariah like had that just created or maybe you did it in garage band or something just to be well, we did have a, the period. You're right. I was giving you during, too much credit for creativity. You just stole it. Well, no. During season one, we did have a live band play it every single time. <laughs> uh, That's but, not true. <laughs> a, a huge, like, 30-piece orchestra. <laughs> you had Reggie Watts in studio every time, and he just did the whole <laughs> thing with his mouth sounds. That guy is... He's that good. Yeah, I know. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, well, he's. I mean, if you listen to the horns on there, you could really tell he's a little bit. More, he's a little bit more lippy than he usually is. Yeah, you know? he wasn't sharp on every episode. Yeah. Some of them, he really nails it though. Yeah, really. really. Uh, yeah, I just took the the Hawaii Five O thing and chopped it up and looped it around and stuff. Uh, so we're gonna get sued eventually. If this podcast ever gets more than 30 downloads a month, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe we might get no, we're, we're okay then. We're yeah, safe. Yeah, yeah, No concern um, there. Speaking of, welcome to this podcast named Network Special. I'm Nathan. I'm here with my co-host. Colin. And um, we're, today's episode is a fun one, I think. We're in that we're in that little space right after Thanksgiving, right before December, which turns our podcast into Christmas Overdrive. Basically, what I said to Nathan is I said, I I can get on board with week upon week upon week of Christmas things, but I just need I need one thing first. (laughs) That's not Thanksgiving, giving and and not Christmassy or holiday in any way. So. And I well, am excited because I mean, this is the the thing we watched for this yeah. episode uh, is tied in with something that I mm. really love. So, well, and I mean, we got to get Christmas stuff out of the way because as soon as we hit like January, then it's going to be President's Day all <laughs> month long. <laughs> you know how so. the Hallmark Channel just cranks out those President's Day specials. And they're just so good. So, yeah, we're we're talking about. Um, a movie called another wait another midnight run. That's right, right? another midnight run. And and this is this is really interesting because this is a sequel to a movie. This came out in 1994, mm-hmm. and this is a sequel to a movie that came out um what six years earlier? <laughs> yeah, 88, I believe. Yeah. And it it didn't obviously did not uh, go into theaters. It was a TV movie. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it. And it also spawned uh, two more sequels as well. Yeah, it's weird. There's okay. So Midnight Run is 
a great movie. Well, I, a movie I love. Um, and who's, who's and in my, my dad and I both love it. My mom thinks it's parts of it are really funny. So I'll quote it with both of them still to this day. Uh, it's, it stars, uh, Robert De Niro. You heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob, Bob, I, I call him Bobby, but Bob, Bobby De Niro is in it, <laughs> yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and Chucky Grodin, Charles Grodin is Chuck, in it. It's, it's Chuck. It's just Chuck, Chuck, Chucky, Chuck yeah. Grodin <laughs> is in it. Uh, rest in peace. And oh, yeah. he he's funny as hell in that movie. I think they're both really funny mm-hmm. in it. Dennis Farina's the bad guy. He's funny in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Joey Pants, Joe Pantoliano is Rest in, in it. Rest in peace, right? Rest in peace I don't to him think too, he's, right? he's dead. Is it? I think so. He's not know. dead. <laughs> I'm just going to say rest you, in peace to why did you random just, people. Why to did random you just kill people. Him? Hold on. Yeah, yeah. He totally died. No, he did not. <laughs> No, he didn't. Are you serious? You heard you heard it here first. <laughs> Did he die today? No, no, he's he's seventy one and kicking. Oh my god! Is his Wikipedia page been turned to past tense? Joe Pantaleone. I, I don't know why. An actor. I don't know why I thought he. I don't did. either. Is Dennis Farina alive? Farina's dead. Dennis okay, Farina's that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Obviously. Yeah. So he's dead. Yes, he's been dead for quite a bit. Probably like almost a decade. I think at this point. Um, but anyway, so yeah, this, that movie, I love, 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 love. And then yes, as you said, in six years after it came out, this sequel came out, it's called another midnight run. And then there's two other mm-hmm. sequels, uh, midnight, uh, midnight run, run around yep. and midnight run for your life. If I'm not mistaken there. Yeah. And it, the interesting thing is when you look at them up, they're all listed as having come out in 1994, which I don't so, know what that's about. I don't know if that's right or or not. So, okay, let, let me pull it up just to be 100% sure. But there is a name for it called, it's the Midnight Run Action Pack. And yeah, I think that's something I they came up with to sell like a DVD with all of them on it. That's what I think. That That's what it sounds like. But it, it but it's saying, they're like calling it like the... the the Wikipedia page. There's a Wikipedia page for it. For the series, yeah. Called the Midnight Run Action Pack. It was a made for TV movie series. For Universal's te- oh, for Universal Television's action pack. So it really it it wasn't a DVD set name. It's actually Action Pack was a syndicated programming block. Um so kind of like uh abc monday night movie or something like that but it's called action pack and um i guess you could have just purchased it and then played it on your network or something because it just says syndication yeah that's well i know it it was eventually sold obviously many years later on like a, a box dvd oh listen to this so this is this is this is great network special like material. In 1994, the Action Pack, there's like a logo for it too, which is awesome. Um initially ran as a wheel series. Let's see, wheel series. Wheel format is a television series in which two or more regular programs are rotated in the same same time slot. So a most successful example would have been the NBC mystery movie. Uh, three of the shows in rotation, Columbo, McLeod, and McMillan Wife were among the most successful. Okay, this is so interesting. Okay, so... Those um, are actually a couple... Sh- uh, Columbo was just mentioned to me by my dad the other day because he was asking about the, the podcast and he said, do you guys do shows that were... Uh, made for TV, like special kind of things. And they yes. were so successful that they became an actual show after that. And I said, yeah, absolutely. We don't just want to watch. We would just do the first garbage. The first. Yeah. And he mentioned Columbo as one of them. Then that's perfect. So this says, that's great. Um, in 1994, the action pack initially ran. Okay. So then it says as a series of television movies, which were all effectively pilots. And if successful, they would become TV series. Yeah, so, so they're just testing the waters with these. So this is interesting. The initial plan was for four films created from six franchises, including Tech War, Smokey and the Bandit, Midnight Run, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and Vanishing Sun, and the working title Fast Lane when offered at programming. Ex- okay, so then 
This is interesting. I don't understand that mean, where they where they aired though. Were they all th- just this, So I so I'm assuming that that that's a question I always have. When something is syndicated, does that just mean like it could air on like um like NBC's like local hour? You know, like like local NBC could be like, oh, we're gonna play this stuff. Um, and if you lived in that, um, if you happen to live in that um, market, then you saw it. If you lived in a different market, you would see something else. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That's possible. I mean, I my my guess is that this probably aired on. I mean, it was the early to mid nineties. So there was cable television around. I, it was probably like yeah. it was probably like USA and yeah, TBS, like that. and that's my guess. Like they so this need says, content, they pay for packages of things, and this is one of them, and they can play it. So initially, so initially there would have been four of these Midnight Run movies, but they cut them down so that uh, Christopher McDonald could star in a feature film. I wonder what that film was, and was it? It had to be Happy Gilmore. And was it Happy Gilmore? <laughs> Happy Gilmore came out in '96. Is that right? There's Check me a on that. Chance that could have been it. Oh, here we go. Tech War was picked up as a regular TV series for USA instead of Action Pack. Oh, interesting. So this is really, really interesting. Um, it, it, I had a lot of questions when I was watching this because I was like, first of all, I'd never really heard of Midnight Run. Um, really, you know, b- beyond just seeing, beyond just seeing like the poster and stuff when I've just on my normal internet travels but so i just thought oh this was just like an 80s action movie in the action comedy in the you know pantheon of 80s action comedies sure i didn't assume that it was a big deal and then i looked it up and it was like oh there's like behind the scenes footage on youtube like they cared about it this much people like people really like this movie like you know i'm one of them Um, and it and it's and 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 uh robert de niro like this was what did he make before this? He made um a lot of stuff. No, there was like what I was reading about this. Let me just go to Midnight Run so you can um he he made um Are you talking about sorry. what he made like directly before it? So he made The Untouch after completing The Untouchables. He decided he wanted to star in a comedy. And and okay, can you there's no way you would guess, but he pursued the lead role in a movie and didn't get it. Um, I, I'm try- I want to give you a clue so you can try to get it, and I'm trying to figure out which one to give you. I'll just say... This is a well-known comedy? This is a well-known comedy. Okay. And it is... Uh, the, the, the role went to Tom Hanks instead. Oh, I was, I was going to get... One of the guesses I was going to have was, just because of the time period... Was Forrest Gump? No, that. But that's, that's big. No, this is remember this is 1988. Oh, it was directly after this, uh, after 88. So it's big, big came out. It's big. Yeah, big came out in like 88, so 89 he, maybe. So that would have been imagine? terrible. Oh my <laughs> god! Holy shit, that would have been bad. Right? Josh I, I don't Baskin know. I feel could like, not yeah. be. He couldn't. No, that movie would not have worked at all. So I want to I want to keep talking about Midnight Run before we jump into that because that's more interesting but but also you have more of a connection to it but um and I think it sets us up to talk about the actual thing we watched but so Paramount Pictures was originally interested in backing Midnight Run but they wanted a big name star along with De Niro not not uh, Grodin so initially they suggested that they make the Charles Grodin character be a woman instead, and it would be Cher. Ugh. Um, and then uh, the that's creator... my general reaction to that. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I don't. I would not. No. Mm-mm. The creator rejected the idea, and then Paramount suggested De Niro team up with Robin Williams, who became eager to be the other person. Robin Williams. Yeah. It would have been a completely different movie. Yeah, that and at wouldn't one have point, worked either. And at one point, Bruce Willis was mentioned to star too. No, no. 
I mean, I feel like the cast is per- like the two of them, De Niro and um, Charles Grodin are so, I, I don't know. I'm interested to hear your viewpoint. It may just be that I'm, this movie's too close to my heart. I think they are phenomenal together. And I've thought this movie was more funny the more I've watched it over the years. I've seen it a lot of times, but um, there's just so many good moments. And Grodin is just, he's very Charles Grodin-y in this. And like De Niro's very De Niro-y. Like, and, and their personalities just, like they rub each other, uh, you know, the wrong way really well. It, it works really well. Um, I, I, I feel... Um... I didn't. I liked Charles Grodin a, a lot better than I liked Robert De Niro in this. Really? Um, just because I thought th- this was part of it. Since I had nothing, I had no, no, I had no information about this when I was watching it. It just it felt like it really did feel like something I would have accidentally caught on my scrambled HBO. Uh, you know, one night just sitting there, and it didn't. It didn't feel as big as it actually is to me. But Grodin, um, you know, the more stuff I watch with him, the more it's obvious how insanely talented he is. <laughs> He's in and, another like, I, and this is this is probably cliche at this point. If it's if it's possible to have it be cliche that you like a like cult movie. I love the movie Clifford. I love it. And he's hilarious. I mean, Martin Short's hilarious in that, but Charles Grodin is really, really funny in it too. And And I've not seen a huge number of movies where Grodin is like uh, uh, comedic, but he's funny as hell in both of these. I think my, my favorite movie that he's in that is comedic is real life. See, I've never seen that. Okay, so this movie is, it's Albert Brooks' first movie, and he is, it's basically like, it's the first mockumentary, it seems like. I'm I'm sure there might have been something, but it's one of the first mockumentaries, and it's just, um, it was kind of mocking this thing called, uh, this thing on PBS, where they filmed a family, like, living their lives, and it was supposed to be like a reality show, basically. Okay. And so um, real life is um, Albert Brooks uh, filming his own version of this with Charles Grodin um, playing this horse veterinarian. And um, and it's just, it, it, you know, it, when you have these documentaries, the, the documentarian is not, never supposed to put himself into the movie. You know, they're never right. supposed to like, like, but Albert Brooks can't help himself and he's always interfering <laughs> in the movie and always trying to make it, you know, more, you know, Oscar worthy or whatever. And it's just, it's out of control. It's so good. And I, I don't re- I think, I think I got into Albert Brooks at some point, just randomly. Um, for some reason, I can't remember exactly what it was. I think I must've caught something that he was in and I was like, Oh man, I need to, I need to watch more of his stuff. And then I found that on DVD when I was like, collecting dvds yeah i watched that movie and i was like oh man this is the freaking movie i I got into (laughs) him because my parents liked the movie lost in america i don't know if you've seen that oh i love that movie yeah so i watched that when i was a kid and i thought it was really funny even though it's not really a movie for kids it's like a lot of stuff probably went over my head at that point but yeah and i've watched it since um yeah i have not i have not seen that uh the real life real life yeah i'm sorry i was trying to find the the name of it in my head again. Um, yeah, I want to check that out because I, I. It's great. Charles Grodin is probably one of those people I need to like go back and like I'm gonna watch more of the stuff you know he was in because he is, but he's really funny and like didn't you think like do any mo- moments from this movie stand out to you? Because I could tell you a bunch of scenes that I think he's really funny in. So I, okay, so I want to so at this point in time in the show, I want to. I want to start comparing the two, right? Yeah. And I think because, so, so let's so let me just set that up, and then we'll talk. Then we'll, sure, then I'll bring absolutely. Back so basically, like another midnight run. It's it's essentially the same uh, scenario. In in the midnight run, 
uh, Robert De Niro's character, Jack Walsh, is a bounty hunter, and he works with this ba- bonds, bail bondsman, and he, um, played by Joey, uh, rest in peace, God rest his soul, <laughs> Fantilli. <you know? laughs> Gone too soon, Joey. <laughs> Maybe you were and, thinking uh, of the fact that um, Tony Soprano murdered him. Yeah, that's what it was. I just I can spoil that alert. in real life sometimes. And so he's the bail bondsman, and he is always um, posting bail for these big uh, targets, and then they skip bail. And so he hires Jack Wal- what Jack uh, Jack Walsh, yeah, Jack Walsh to pick them up to make the money. And Jack Walsh is always on his last legs and needs money for some reason, right? And the first one, he's uh, he needs he wants the money to open up a, well, a like coffee, coffee shop. shop. In this one, uh, he just wants to pay off his American Express or something. I don't know. It's the yeah, stakes this are a little one, bit lower okay, on this so one. Okay, so in the first one, he he's a much in, more interesting character because he's an ex-cop. And you find out yeah. throughout the course of the first one that he was basically run out of uh, police work by this mobster named Jonathan Mardukas. And, uh, or no, Jonathan Mardukas is, sorry, is that's um, Groden's character. Um, yeah. But he's run out of, uh, you know, I think it's Chicago. He was a cop in Chicago Chicago. and he's run out of the city basically by this mobster who basically has like paid off and taken over uh, all the all the cops are like working for him and he wouldn't take money from this mobster. And so he basically was like forced out and and I think they set him up to make it look like he did something. I can't remember. Um, So he's an he's an interesting character because he's like planted heroin in his house. Yeah. Like he has like. You know, uh, a backstory. He has motivation. You understand why he's in this job and why he's like low on money and all this stuff. He's got a daughter. You find out that he hasn't talked to in years, like all this stuff. In this one, the <laughs> characters played by Chris McDonald, like it doesn't, you don't know anything so, about him so other than they, they send him on a blind date in the very first like three <laughs> minutes of the movie with this woman who clearly like is not impressed with him. And then his credit card gets declined as he tries to pay for the meal. So this, this is pathetic in this movie. I don't think he's not pathetic in the, in the original one, but that is literally the setup for the rest of the movie is that he has to pay some bills. Yeah. It's terrible. So, uh, but, but so what I'm, so to give this movie and I haven't seen the other two yet. So, but to give this movie, a break to like make to, to give this movie just a little bit of a break. I'm going to pretend that this uh, happened before uh, the original Midnight Run. It, it would <laughs> it would have to be because Midnight Run ends in a really satisfying way. That if people listening to this, any of the thirty listening to this, haven't seen Midnight Run, I cannot. I, I strongly uh, recommend watching it. Um. So I won't give away the ending, but it ends in a way that's finite so that he, what he's trying to do, he's he's trying to get out of being a he doesn't like being a, uh, you know, bounty a bounty hunter. So he's trying to earn enough money to to get out of that life. And it, and it ends in a way that's that's good for him. So then this one rolls around and he's like a bounty hunter again. So I'm like, this cannot take place yeah. afterwards. This has to be a prequel or it has to be kind of like recently we watched The Jerk 2 and that doesn't that didn't seem to exist in the same galaxy that uh that and, the jerk and, did like and I that maybe was this purposeful, that's what, right yeah this yeah, this feels isn't. like this feels like no they just didn't do a good job of writing it yeah um, like no so, we need some so action like, block mo- whatever you called it before action pack action movies action pack and the person so, that the person that plays the Robert De Niro character is Christopher McDonald, who is um, who eats pieces Shooter of McGavin. shit for breakfast. Yeah, Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore, and so um, I'm not uh, uh, convinced that he's a good stand-in for De Niro. He's not. He does. He does have a tiny bit of an extra New York accent in this. Which it comes and goes, and there. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. There's a scene in the first one where. De Niro is taking uh, Groden to the airport because he's trying to fly him back across the country to turn him in. And he tells him, uh, you know, hey, I, I have to check my gun when we get on this plane. But like, if you mess with me, I'm going to stab you through the fuck. Like he says something and it's De Niro. So he's, he sounds very like, oh, God, I wouldn't want to mess with that guy. And he, sounds- he doesn't sound like a Chicago guy. 
Right, but he's very New York. But he sounds like and t- I have clips of these two to compare them if you want me to play them for you. Um, and then Christopher Mc, uh, McDonald, his accent is not there a lot of the time. And when it is, it's like kind of when he's trying to sound intimidating, I think. And yeah. and it's so not intimidating. And plus, it's because it's a TV movie. He, he can't say, like, I'll stab you through the fucking face or whatever. He's like, so, so here's like, if you guys if you guys don't shut up back there, I'm going to stab you in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's De Niro in the original one. You ready? I can't keep you cuffed on a commercial flight. And I got to check my gun with my luggage. But you fuck with me once and I'm going to break your neck. Okay. Yeah. I gotta check yeah. my gun. You, you messed with me. I'm gonna break your fucking like he. It sounds. Yeah. He sounds intimidating. This is Christopher McDonald. All right. Now look, I gotta check my gun before we fly, but I won't think twice about belting either one of you if I have to. You got that? All right. I gotta check my gun when we fly, but you mess with me, I don't. I won't <laughs> think twice about belting either one of yous. It's like, <laughs> and he doesn't talk like that most of the movie. He's just kind of Shooter McGavany most of the movie. So I'm like, yeah, no, he's just whatever, he's wherever that guy's from. Is and he so, in anything? Okay. What else is he in? Uh, I was seen thinking him about him. I'm like, I've seen him in other that stuff, can... but I can't think of what it is. I I looked I looked it up, and I'm not going to do it right now because th- that would be a very boring. <laughs> yeah, you never do that. I hate doing that. <laughs> uh, so so that's the alternate Jack Walsh. Now there's an alternate um, Joey pants yes um, and they picked an actor that kind of closely approximates the way joe pantaleon leon now joe dead joey acts in the first one which is just kind of like hey we gotta get over there and get it he's just like yell everything's <laughs> urgent and screamed and angry and it's it's a uh, dan hadea who yeah. when i say that name unless you just happen to know uh you know character actor I think people know him really don't well. you think I, I i mean maybe they do if you told me if you said dan today i wouldn't know but you if you if you told me what he was in i would know like he's um, he's Cher's dad in clueless great and he's like Cher, yeah. get over there and in this he's like hey bounty hunter we gotta get over there like it's the same yeah. it's just that exact same kind of thing like he's pissed <laughs> and ranting at people and the other thing is that the, the other reason why i say that this is in the middle and not this is before Midnight Run, is because there's um, a guy who answers the phone for oh, Joey yeah. Pants' character, and that guy in, in in Midnight Run, he's like he's like on the side, he's like sabotaging the the body hunter because he's trying to make money from these gangsters. Yeah, he's on the but, take from Jimmy Serrano, which is the and, the, uh, the mobster. Yeah, in the, and in the move and in I, I feel like that that doesn't resolve itself in Midnight Run. I think doesn't um, he get arrested at the end? I don't know. I think he maybe. does, but maybe I'm oh, making because that up. Yeah, because they're tapping the phone or whatever. Yeah. But in this, he's still there. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say that this is before midnight run. Yeah. So I mean, I so we'll then, put it we'll put it before midnight run. I'm guessing the people that wrote it didn't consider or give a shit. And we'll we'll sp- at the end of the show we'll spend another hour trying to figure out if it <laughs> if it's before or after that. But just so so hold your horses. I know you're really anxious to keep hearing that conversation. Um, but so that's it's for the people that donate to the Patreon. They get access to yeah. us bitching about it for twenty more minutes. Yep, 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 yep. There's no Patreon. Um, I'm just joking. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can send in money, but it won't go to. Yeah. They won't get anything for it. They won't get like <laughs> yeah. added features or anything. No. Um, so then, so then, okay. Then they do have to have a kind of, of uh, Charles Grodin esque kind of actor. And, and, and let, let me tell you. So, because he's bringing in these two uh, criminals, right? Just because he's a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. And they choose Jeffrey Tambor is one of them. And um, it is so interesting. So, Charles Grodin's character. And Robert De Niro's character, like Robert De Niro's the, you know, the hard cracking, like, oh, I drink milk from the milk carton, <laughs> you know, like that's empty kind of like ex cop kind of guy. And then that's your uh, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. That's your example of like a a, a well-worn, like, you know, uh, beaten up, like 
weathered cop as he drinks milk from the car. Yeah, they they every morning they wake up, they go to the fridge, they pull out the the uh, milk carton. They smell they it. They smell it. They their face goes like, ugh. Like, and they still and drink like, it. Uh, and then uh, when whatever. they drink it, they realize that they actually didn't have any. So yeah. then it's like, so then they have to like, you know, like I'm getting too old for this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's a common. So anyway, <laughs> so Jack Walsh is that. But then Ch- Charles Grodin's like this, like he's supposed to be this like criminal. He's picking it up. That's like, you know, this rich like scam artist or whatever. But then. He's actually this like kind of mild mannered, like, like very into psychology and like help wants to help Jack in a way. And like he's supposed to be like that kind of like, I don't know why you're acting this way, Jack, you know, kind of thing. And yeah, Jack's he kind of like, shut he kind up, of, like uh, you, you almost can't, can't tell a lot of time if he's playing like mind games and trying to like mess with uh, De Niro or if he's actually right. like interested in De Niro's life because he gets into like asking about his family, his ex-wife and his daughter and, you know, right. all this so, stuff. So having that kind of character. So now in this alternate universe or whatever, this prequel, I'm going to call it uh, another midnight run. Um, more to come later. Um, <laughs> it's Jeffrey Tambor. And then there's a woman. There's a woman as well played by Kathy Moriarty, Moriarty this uh, which is Jeffrey Tambor's like sidekick, or they're sidekicks to each other. I found, but, I found but, her. I know we don't usually go into this this kind of you know uh, smutty talk, but I found her like <laughs> oddly attractive. Am uh, I crazy? Uh, I don't think that's odd. I, she's like got this like weird like I don't even like sultriness. There's something about no, her. No, you're no, and you're I'm right. Like, she's, Man, she's there's something. There's something there. Yeah, I think her character think is fair. kind of like supposed to be like that some of the time like in the movie. Seductive. Yeah, she's like kind of like yeah. buddying up to to Jack, and you you get the sense she's trying to like manipulate him a little bit, maybe. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, okay. it would work on me, is what I'm saying. <laughs> nice. Well, I'll. Uh, Maybe you and your wife can have that conversation next time we record a podcast. Um, I'm just saying she's more attractive than Jeffrey Tambor is. So it's an interesting pairing, uh, them being married. So, the okay. So I, I want to talk about Jeffrey Tambor and he like, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of been, I think he's been canceled. Right. I mean, it seems that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, he, no one is a substitute for uh, Charles Grodin. But I, I don't know. I feel like he pulls off that same um, feel, at least. Like I feel like of of this whole movie, the best things about this movie, which is not there's not much, is Jeffrey Tambor and Kathy Moriarty. I think I enjoy. I didn't. I enjoyed them somewhat i did yeah i did too i think that they they were for for what this movie was they were pretty good and 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 basically the entire movie becomes okay they're gonna escape from jack how is it gonna happen this time and then how's he gonna go back and find them again it happens like a bunch of times right um so it's just kind of like this cat and mouse thing basically is all it turns into uh but but it is fun because they have an interesting relationship with one another they're a married couple but then they the way they interact with uh, Jack is they're like kind of playing games and trying to trick him, but the other times they're actually it seems like they're actually all kind of bonding. So it's got some some moments that that work pretty well in that regard. And Jeffrey Tambor, uh, I know he's canceled, but I do find him uh, pretty entertaining typically. Yeah. Now, there, there's another character we we're not talking about in the original. This guy named Marvin who mm-hmm. is is the um, is the is a competing bounty hunter who's always trying to get uh, against Jack Walsh. And um, in the original, he's played by John Ashton, who is another John Ashton Kutcher. Yes, John, John Ashton. Ashton Kutcher, who's an, who's another really great uh, character actor. Um, it's in Beverly Hills Cop. Okay, sure, yeah. The first two, and in this one, it's the Marvin character is played by this guy Ed O. Ross, who I did not recognize. He, I am now seeing that he played Itchy and Dick Tracy and uh, Lieutenant Touchdown Itchy. in which Full one, Metal which, Jacket. Which one was Itchy? 
I love the movie. I love that movie, Dick Tracy, because it came out when I was nine and I thought it was really cool. And I hadn't so, seen it for a long time until I watched it again about a year or so ago. But I don't remember Itchy. So Itchy <laughs> When I hear is, Itchy, all I can think of is Itchy and Scratchy. Sure, of course. Oh, Itchy, well, he's the, the, the one with the big mallet and he hits people on the head. And then he'll pull uh, their tongue out and fly up to the yeah, moon and sure. tie it around the moon. Yeah, that's that sounds like Dick Tracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's horrible. I, I don't know. I, I, the Marvin in this is horrible. They, Marvin they in the first nothing. one's good. Yeah, but in this, they give him nothing to do. Right. Um, the by other the way, really quick, I just want to say, uh, this movie has alternate titles, if you'd like to hear them. I would love to hear them. Okay, so Midnight Run 2, another Midnight Run. That's what it was called in United <laughs> Kingdom. That's not even, not even freaking trying at all. And midnight Run mid- Two, another Midnight yeah. Run. All right. And in and in Germany, it was called Midnight Run. Cash comes at midnight. <laughs> what? I like that. <laughs> but what does that even? That doesn't. Well, it's a reference. He has to get him back by that by midnight. The midnight to get his money. I guess. Okay, whatever. So, which can we just talk about that for a second? Sure. This movie, when he he has to get these two back by a certain time, like you said, to get the money. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he gets them back, spoiler alert, but he gets them back at the end, but he just brings them to the bail bondsman's office. Like they don't go to like a police station or a like or a court or anything like that. Like I'm like, is that how that's not how that works in real life, is it? They don't bring them back to the bail bondsman's like dirty office downtown. I, I have no idea if any of this is. Something that happens. Well, I mean, there are bounty hunters. That's a thing. One of them's named sure. Dog. Yeah. I know that. Another canceled. Is he canceled? Oh, no. Is he canceled? <laughs> what happened? Okay. Uh, can you guess? He's a. I mean, it, if I look at him, he looks like he's like <laughs> the God's perfect, uh, you know, example of something that should be canceled. Just the way he looks. Uh, but I don't want to, you know, judge people's looks. I don't want to body shame dog the bounty hunter. So I don't well, know what I'll, happened I'll, with I'll, him. I'll, I'll give you a clue. He judges other people's looks. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> interesting uses, that he, he does that. Speci- and he uses specific words for it. Oh, uh, okay. I don't, I don't know what you're... I'll, I'll look <laughs> it up later. One specific word, but oh, anyways. Oh, oh <laughs> that's always, okay. That's all, there's only a couple things that really get you canceled, and, and this is at the top of the list, I think. Um, so he doesn't, he, he makes fun of brunettes. That, unless is that you're what you're a country saying? star. Yeah. Or he makes fun of, uh, people that have, uh, short legs. Yeah. Or, he, 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 it was ginger. He used the word ginger, ginger. to make oh! fun of red, red hair. We have to believe yeah. that out, dude. <laughs> we'll get canceled. Um, let's, can we talk about the, uh, the soundtrack to this? Sure. Yeah. That's, that's always, that's always in your wheelhouse, isn't it? Yeah. So the soundtrack to the first one, Danny Elfman. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. right? You can't, you can't beat a good Danny Elfman thing. Except I, which I, would you have I you seen what's this. happened to him lately? Have you uh, seen Danny Elfman I in the last few years? Recently, I did just recently, but I don't remember what. He's like, he looks like Carrot Top now, doesn't he? <laughs> no, he's like super like tatted up, I believe, and yes. like like dark. He wears like like he's almost like gothy goth looking or something, and he. It's crazy weird. Yes, he's tatted up. He has big muscles and long red hair. He's carrot top. It's very strange. Um, but anyway, so he um, he does this, but it's not the it's not the Danny Elfman of um, Tim Tim Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton sound. It's the Danny Elfman plays the blues <laughs> sound. So everything is just kind of like, like every '80s action movie except Fletch. No, I like that song. I get stuck in my head. No, this is this is like more of the song. I don't, I don't recognize this at all. Now this is this is this is from the first one, right? Oh, so now the second okay. one, the second one they switch it up. It's not Danny Elfman style. It's now it's another Midnight Run. It's now it's like 
jazz. It's like, uh, um, I don't know, action jazz or something. Action, <laughs> it's, it's, action jazz. It's like it's like the perfect example of why this movie is so bad and why it fails. It's like every every like replacement for the what was in the original is a worse second. Yes, yeah, a worse version of what was there already. There's also just not like there's not a lot of moments that stick in my mind about like what happens that I'm like, Oh, remember this moment? Like there's a lot of those in the first one that I think are really great. Um, because this movie is obsessed with, uh, the will he won't he, uh, point like, like, you know, there's no like character building Uh, like my, my, okay. So my guess is that since this is a set, these are essentially TV pilots, you know, which their their hope is that eventually Midnight Run would be actually become a TV show. Which that, I, like, I don't know how that would have worked at all, but well, that's the thing. Like, if he's a bounty hunter hunting hunting uh, people every week, you can't you don't want to spend too much time building character between. Christopher McDonald and Jeffrey Tambor and Kathy Moriarty, you know, you're like, that's one and done. And then whoever is in, you know, let's see, run around. It's, it's, um, I don't know who he's going against. Uh, Eddie Musk. So it's, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know who, who the people are cause I haven't seen it, but you know, like you, you don't want to build too much time there. So like it's, it's, I think the format is what ruined this. Well, yeah, they don't, well, they don't spend any time developing him as a character at all. You find out more about these two criminals that he's chasing than you do about him. You just find out his American Express card bounces like a basketball. And well, and that's the problem is like, I think there's, that's the thing. Like there's not enough, um, maybe like, I don't understand was Midnight Midnight Run that big that six years later people would have been going, "My God, it's time for a Midnight Run Renaissance." Well, they probably just thought this is like a thing where we can have high action and we can have a lot of like guest stars coming in. It, it, it's almost and like it was like it was like a for the it was like a uh, yeah it was like a bounty hunters version of like Quantum Leap or something. Where it was like a new situation every week, new people that can come in for an episode or a couple episodes, and and he's the only like mainstay that that sticks around really. Him and probably like whoever Eddie Moscone, the the bail bondsman. Yeah, that's my so guess, guess. Is like that. That's the appeal, and there are shows that have worked like that. Um, so here's my question. Uh, how many years has it been since um, 1994? 28? <laughs> yeah. 28. So, so uh, by the way, let, before I propose what I'm about to propose, you should know that there is actually a sequel, like a proper sequel to the movie being developed supposedly it was announced yeah. last year uh, it was like Reg- Niro, regina uh regina hall yeah i wanted to say regina king that's not right yeah regina hall yeah um and I, who knows so, if that will actually happen or not but right de niro attached a producer so let's just say that movie happens so now we have five midnight run movies why are we not getting rid of the fast and furious ride at Universal and replacing it with a midnight run ride. <laughs> what would that look like? It would just be uh, probably the same thing as the Fast and the Furious, except you know you're in a car with Jack Walsh, <laughs> or Marvin Dorfler is chasing you. I don't know and, what and, the ride and, is like, so you'd have to fill me in on what that experience is. But I like what you're saying. I think what you're saying is great. And uh, and then as you like, like as you like, come in like. There were like there has to, there's always music to each land, you know each little area. So so the music as you walk through would be like, 
Uh, Fast Man, and the that Furious. Was good. That was really is, good. Thank you. Fast and the Furious is the worst ride. I mean, that's that's not fair. There 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 are worse rides at Universal, but Fast and the Furious is the worst brand new ride, which means there's no chance it's getting taken out. And it's it's only been there a couple of years, and it's a ride that you can walk on. I heard the Jimmy Fallon insane. ride is bad. Oh my gosh. Another is it brand bad? new ride. Another ride that you can walk on that just came. Yeah. Out so is it is ago. Jimmy Fallon worse than uh, Fast and the Furious? At least the Fast and the Furious oh feels like something that should be a ride. You, you I've never seen any of those just, movies, but it feels like it's an action movie. It's got cars you, and all that. You know when people are like they're like uh, like you're like oh what's your favorite thing and you say like oh they're all my babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you've now asked me which one of my babies I have to abort, but you've and already said you don't like either one of them. I know that's what I'm saying though. I'm going to abort all of these babies, but oh, I have to okay. choose one of them. Which one do you <laughs> to, want to abort? I have to choose one to keep alive. I have to choose one to keep alive. Oh, it's so the backward guess, situation. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'm keeping, um, uh, fast and the furious alive. There you go. See, That's I found something. Jimmy you said it was is. the worst, and then I found something immediately that was worse. The last time I was at Universal Studios in Orlando was the year that the Terminator 2... It wasn't like a ride. It was like a live like stage mm-hmm. thing. Well, you're going to be the year gutted. that opened, which was you're probably 94 or something like that, maybe. Yep. You're going to be gutted. What? Is it gone? It's, they just got rid of it. Like they already took ago. it away. And they replaced it. With it's only been Jason, 30 years. They replaced it with a Jason Bourne live action show. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. It does. But again, another walk on. <laughs> like Universal is like really great at uh, introducing really crappy rides. But then also <laughs> introducing like. You should write the, ads for them. But then also like introducing like. Like, okay, so, like, if they put something in Harry Potter, it's going to be amazing. If they put something, uh, you know, where the Twister show used to be, it's probably not going to be as good. Twister show? <laughs> it was literally, yeah. like, what was it? Like, a filmed thing? Uh, it, it was a show where um, uh, Helen Hunt, who's in those movies? Mm-hmm. Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton, um, Bill Paxton where they... And don't uh, say those movies. I think it's just one. That movie where they tell you about Twister, uh, another Twister. Yeah, twist, 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 twist for your life. Cash, wind comes. <laughs> Cyclone at <midnight>. comes at midnight. <laughs> so, um, it, it's they like tell you about like, uh, like oh, you know, Bill Paxton comes. He's like, hey, you know, <laughs> Twisters. There ain't no, there ain't no joke. <laughs> I'm doing a Bill Paxton. I'm, I'm giving him a Southern accent. I don't know why, but he's like, you know, like this. They do a lot hey, of damage. Hey, right, Helen? Twi- <laughs> Twisters ain't nothing to mess with. All right, is that that's closer, isn't it? I don't know. It's like I I'm I'm the sleazy guy who's having an affair with Schwarzenegger's wife and True Lies. Okay, I, I was I'm being Bill Paxton right now. I've been looking for Titanic for forty years. <laughs> okay. okay. I That's think that him. Works. I get him mixed up with Mark Harmon for some reason. Mark Harmon's alive. That's how I, I would know, tell them that's apart. My problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paxton is yeah, dead he, and he's partying in the afterlife with Joey Pants. He, you know, Twister, they introduce it and then you go into this little area where they simulate what it would be like to be standing underneath a porch while a Twister's happening. <laughs> underneath a porch? Yeah. Okay, that's that's it. And they, they took they took that gem out and they put in um, Jimmy Fallon, uh, where he plays a little girl, that little girl character that he what that is just so funny. I don't know what you're talking about. Where he's like, oh my god, oh ah! like the bracy brace face kind of like ah, the like it's like almost like his version of the. Uh, uh, what is that meme? The um, oh, ghost, Gerd, go, yeah. ghost, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, that. Yeah. What am I trying you to say? What? Ghost bumps. Goose bumps. Gershberms. Oh my god, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I I cannot like one of my biggest uh, pet peeves in comedy is when an adult does a uh, plays like a young kid, like a young girl or something, and they do it that way, where it's like, oh, I just, oh, oh, you're so grody. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually I actually wrote What are other sketches. examples of that? Can you even think of other I, examples? I, well, I mean any that's a lot happened a lot on Saturday Night Live for sure, but I I did um I actually wrote sketches for this sketch group in Columbus. Bragger. I forget where they were. They were in some theater there and I wrote this Mad sketch. Lab. Yes, that's where it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember sending in a sketch where there was a kid in it. And I remember telling the person, please do not play this character <laughs> like that. And, and they're like, I watched, we're comedians in Columbus, Ohio. We're going to play it like that. Just so uh, you yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, dude. <laughs> Think about the way somebody would do it at like a summer <laughs> camp. That's what we're going to uh, do. And I watched that movie. I watched a video, a live video of it. And I said, I sent a, email saying hey i don't think i'm gonna write anymore i specifically <laughs> instructed you not to and ruin my that. work i literally said that i was like it just looks like it's not gonna work out <laughs> oh my god they're like oh okay yeah you you nailed it it's summer camp summer camp um character yeah yeah it's like Anyways. the same it's yeah it's that and like the guy is playing like a a, a surfer dude and he's like Oh, totally. We're gonna yeah. like this. Just all they're all just like stock. Like, hey, let's do a scene right now. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be that girl, and you be a surfer dude, and we're um. We need a suggestion see, from be? the crowd. Yeah. So you were brother and sister, and I'm trying to talk to my friend on the phone, and you come in. Okay. Okay. And and I, I'm gonna. Okay. So here we go. I'll start. Oh my gosh, Sarah. You'll never believe what happened. <laughs> hey, T- Tabitha. Oh, what's ask, going on? Ask my brother. Oh, hold on, Sarah. My brother just came in. Oh, my God. Oh, get out of here. You're so gross. Are you talking to Sarah? She's so hot, man. Tell oh, her I said, what's said, up. Tell her. Oh, I will not. Sarah, I'm going to have to call you back. Okay. <laughs> you need to say gag me with a spoon. Ah, Gag me with a fuck. <laughs> I was just, eh. oh, tell her I'm totally tubular. I'm now just morphing into a ninja turtle. <laughs> that was good. Do you think I SNL's say, taking writing submissions? I think we need to do a scene at the end of every episode now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not totally convinced by what we just did there that we should do okay. that ever again. But um, oh, are you going to send me an email saying you're not doing the show anymore? <laughs> After. <laughs> <laughs> Say, uh, I'm gonna write that uh, that word out that you said. Uh, I just I don't think I'm gonna be on that anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, there's people at Mad Lab that have a spot open for me, so I'm gonna use my time for that. <laughs> okay, great. Listen, l- there's not much more to say about this. It, it, just ignore this. Watch Midnight Run, um, and. Um, you know, if you want to watch this, it's on YouTube where you can buy on, on, on DVD, but I, there's no point to it. There are freaking three of these. If you are like really excited about the Midnight Run universe, um, <laughs> you can go for it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, did, did you have any feelings about this as being a super fan of Midnight Run? Did you feel like, well, I'll cut this some slack since I love Midnight Run so much? Or were you like, no, this... This ruined my childhood. No, I wasn't angry about it because um, I, I wasn't expecting it to be great. I just thought that um, I said this earlier a little bit, but like there's a lot of moments in, in Midnight Run that I think are really, really funny scenes um, and very yeah. quotable. Mm-hmm. Like example, when they're really hard up for money and they Listen, they go Colin, into the before bar. you go on, call Colin. I'm not going to let you turn our show into a show about Midnight Run. <laughs> That's already happened. So just get that out of get that out of your mind. 
All right. Then I'm uh, let me let me circle back and I'll just uh, be more concise. Um, there's just nothing about this that sticks in my mind. How's that? Um, like the it. one I thing like about it. it that I did distinctly not like is there's a really cheap um, thing that whoever wrote this did, which is these these this married couple has this like helper guy that they oh. will like call in to like run interference or to like pull scams on Jack so that they can like escape this. Yeah. His name, this, his name is, um, I can't remember his name in the movie, but oh, I'll tell and you right he's now. like in, in it. Lester Weems. Yeah. Lester he's in Weems. it throughout the whole movie and he just pops up and like, he always seems to know where like Jack Walsh and these two fugitives are, which he shouldn't. It's not like he has like GPS tracking on there, but he can always find them. He always runs in and does the right thing to like help them. We never understand who he is, really. I mean, that's true of Jack Walsh, too. The amount of times he stumbles onto them or freaking even Marvin. I, I mean, yeah. I guess. Yeah, at least I, give it. <laughs> it's it's something you have. Yes, you have to do that in order to continue the, the movie or else it's just like, oh, I lost them. I guess I'm going to go back home now. But it was it <laughs> I'll felt, pay my bills it, the old fashioned way. <laughs> it felt very cheap that like there's this like extra like utility player just hanging out out there and he can just pop into every scene to help them escape when it was like that doesn't make any sense. So it's not the biggest issue in the world, but that was the one thing that I was like, okay, they, they should like level off on how much they're you know, leaning on that that well as you know, a plot device basically. It's it's like I always say and have always said, Colin is we could all use a, a Lester Weems, our own Lester Weems in our lives, don't you think oh, so? Is that why you've always said that? I've always oh said. Oh my god, I didn't even piece that together. Yeah, you do say that. You even have uh-huh. that shirt that says it. And it's totally tubular, man. Oh my god. <laughs> so I'd say. All right. Well, thank uh, you for t- Midnight Run fans. Oh, feel free to watch yeah. this, but don't feel uh, don't have high expectations. There you go. No. And when you dream, may uh, well, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a good send off tonight, okay? But before we do that, let me um you, you I know I just gave you a little taste, by the way, before I cut myself off. But I will give you a great send off. But first, please, thank you for listening, and please go to networkspecialpodcast.com. Check out our Facebook group. Um, it's not really a group. I just I just just tells you when new episodes come out. And um, you can Don't see our little our Facebook group, and uh, we, and our TikTok, by the way, is blowing up, exploding. Please come, uh, come join our TikTok. We have eleven hundred followers, mm. and I only follow two people. That's a pretty good ratio. Who are the two? Um, is it I you? Think me, me, <laughs> my my personal one, and and then and then there, I think there was one. Actually, I'll tell you right now. If you just have to know, I do have to know. Um, oh, hold on. How do you do that? Oh, view profile. Oh, this is oh. riveting. We're really listen. Ri- uh, oh, you know what? It might be my wife's. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was gonna be like Weird Al or something like yeah, that. No, I, I. It may also be a. Um, there's a chance that it is a TikTok for. The Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> if you, if I had to guess, Nathan, I would say it's going to be some comedian that some people know about, but not everybody. Or it's going to be a page about Detroit-style pizza, or <laughs> no, Disney I made sure or something like that. I made sure that this or New Jack I Swing. Should, I should go in and follow more people, but I made sure that I only followed either me or the hosts of the, of the show or guests of the show or accounts dedicated to the same subject, you know? Yes. Uh, and that's why I would have followed the Mickey Mouse one because we did an episode on that version of the Mickey Mouse. All right. Uh, but anyway, so please go to our TikTok, join in the fun. We got over a hundred comments on one of them mm. from the jerk. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Naven. And, um, yeah that's actually the clip too you just started the clip um and so anyways yeah give us a review on your favorite podcasting place five stars only and um as we say at the end of every show um uh, 
Amen. Thank you, uh, Lord. And I forget what we say. <laughs> what, uh, we say we say let go and let God. Let go and let God. And mm-hmm. um, but I I, I want to have a different kind of send off tonight, and that's may your dreams be filled with Robert De Niro as the Tom Hanks character <laughs> in Dick. Oh God, the nightmares. <laughs> All right. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>